people's actions show me a whole lot about themselves. You know, you read body language, you can read different things, but Bo did something that really excited me. He was talking and then he started praying. That shows me a relationship, Bo. I wish every man had that kind of relationship, and I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just saying this is the thing that I'm desirous that we're going to have accomplished in this church. This is what the church of the first church is what we want to pattern after, and we're going to see the miracles. We're going to see the things happening. Um, Boa prophecy back, I think it was what, March, April, about the, you was going to have a crop? Yeah, terrible dry, and I, nothing in me made me know is right or wrong. I just didn't know, but I, we don't know today is right because um, Bo was telling me up here that the guy that combines, is it? Oh, tell, tell a story. Um, oh, okay, said the prettiest maize crop he's seen between here and Canada. Kansas, Kansas okay. <laughs> Evangelistic speaking is Canada. No. <laughs> We were supposed to be singing when Bo told me that, and I, I apologize for not getting all the facts. And so, <laughs> but I'm excited. You know, if we don't have miracles, folks, we're in dead water. You know, we're dead duck in water, I guess you'd say. But we, have, we can expect miracles because that's God's fancy. And it, it's the miracles that drew people to Jesus. And if you think about it, Jesus was just another person. He was a carpenter. He was nothing in celebrity. I mean, he was, I'm sure, a strong, rugged man, but he, he wasn't, uh, you know, the Egyptians um, coated the people's faces with lead, and they had a silver aura about them because of the lead. It finally gave them lead poisoning. But the point was, Jesus didn't have that aurora around him or that, that view that would cause someone to just come follow him. What caused them to come follow Jesus was the fact that he created miracles. Folks, what people will see in you that they need desperately is to see a miracle. It's like Seal saying, the girl got healed. You know, she came back with a good report. Those are the kind of things that are going to turn people on to Jesus. And those are the kind of things that are going to be following you because this is what we're, this is what we're moving to as a church, as a body. It's not going to be a few people. It's going to be each and every one of you saying, let me pray for you. And you don't have to be bold and pray right then for them, but you pray. And I want to tell you something. They'll come back and say, you know, when I asked you to pray, I got healed. God's calling card is still miracles. And it'll always be that way. One of the things I've noticed in, in relationships with people, and I want us to think on this morning, is that in the Old Testament, those people really had a relationship with the Father. They didn't know him like we know him, but they had a relationship. I want to give you some examples. You can just kind of jot them down. Take the back of your bulletin and write on it and some of these things because when you go home, I want you to think on it and do a Bible study this week on it. Learn these stories because it will give you the depth that you need. It will give you the miracles that you need. You'll see people going with God. You'll see the miracles. You'll see people going against God, and they'll see them in calamity. It works that way. I'm not writing it. God did so I want you to think with me this morning on some areas. 1 Samuel 3 tells about, as a young boy, Samuel heard God calling him. And you remember he went to Eli and he said, yes, sir. And, and he says, I didn't call you. And he goes back to bed and in a minute he hears God calling him again. And so you remember the story and how God told him everything that would be happening in Eli's family. It was a real interesting story. In 2 Samuel 12, Nathan heard in detail what to say to David when David had committed terrible sin with Bathsheba. 
Tell him how you are the man, David. And then in the first Kings 18 on Mount Carmel, Elijah knew God well enough to call down fire on his sacrifice. You know, we heard the song this morning and it was talking about the fire, but he knew God well enough that he could dump literally gallons and gallons of water on his sacrifice and the fire would be powerful enough. It wasn't a little candle. It was powerful enough to just and burn that thing up. And then he had the opportunity to take care of 850 prophets of Baal. But he knew God well enough to be able to do that. That's what's amazing. He knew the relationship he had with the Father. The Father would not disappoint him. In First Kings, or Second Kings 4, Elijah raised the Shulamite woman's son from the dead. You remember the story about all is well. And that woman kept saying, all is well. It wasn't well. Her son was dead. But she knew Elijah had the power of miracles in him. And she called on to God and, and to the man of God, and, and the boy come alive. Miracles. Second uh, Kings 5, Elisha heard God telling him to have Naaman wash in the river. I taught on it a couple of Sundays ago, and how the man went, had to dip seven times, and he got healed from the leprosy. Miracles. Okay, we could go on and on, but I wanted you to see enough that you could see how accurately some of the Old Testament people actually heard God. Phenomenally well they heard him. But because of that close relationship, they knew what God was going to do. They knew that mighty miracles would be performed because of their relationship with the Father. We read the Old Testament and we think, wow, how come we can't do things that they did back then? Folks, it's impossible. This is what I just want us to understand. I want to show you some scriptures today that will turn your downside life up. You know, upside down, downside up, okay. Track with me this morning. We probably have run, read this one scripture over and over and over, but it has never come alive to most of us as Christians, sadly. But their key to it is, if we understand this scripture, miracles will start happening in your life. It'll come alive to you. Something will happen to you. Uh, once you turn to First Colossians one verse twenty-five, it's way back here in the back of the Bible. Colossians one verse twenty-five. We have really never got the message that God is trying to put across here. But once you get a hold of it, folks, it will change your life. We're in Colossians 1, verse 25. I hear papers rattling, and I love it. I can wait all day for this, and you find it. It doesn't bother me. And folks, when I become a Christian, I didn't know where the book of Genesis was. I'm serious. And... I had no idea, and I had to look at the front of it, and there's nothing wrong. That's why they built an index, and it shows you where those books are. You don't have to be. Don't let the devil talk you out of bringing your Bible to church. That's called P-R-I-D-E, and we need to get rid of it. If you have to look at the index and find that, that's great. we got time to find it. It's more important that you understand the Scripture than it is that you know the books of the Bible. Don't let the devil steal from you in that area. we all got to learn. And I'm still learning, believe me. 1, verse 25. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generation, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of, the, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, we just read that and we don't think much about it. But I want you to look at verse 25 again. 
It says that Paul was made a minister of the word of God. And then in verse 26, Paul said he was uh, called to preach the word of God, preach what the mystery plan of God was. Now this is beginning, we're getting a little deeper here. That had been hidden from all the past generations. That means the Old Testament prophets, the Old Testament people did not have what we have. They didn't have this. This mystery has been revealed to us. In verse 27, it tells us what the mystery is. And I want you to catch it. That now Christ lives inside of us. Underline that. Score it. Mark it. That is the most amazing revelation you'll ever get a hold of. That Christ lives inside of you. The hope of glory. Now, we're going to build on that this morning because it's a mystery. Most Christians, sadly, do not have a foggiest idea of what the Bible's telling us here there in, in the Scripture. Now, I want you to think about it. Most of those Old Testament people heard God on occasions. The Old Testament people didn't have Jesus living inside of them. There's a big, big difference. It would say the Spirit of God came upon them and then they were able to prophesy. The Spirit of God came to them and they were able to do a miracle. But there's something different today for us than there was for those folks. And we'll be able to do greater things because of this. The Holy Spirit would come upon them at different times and do mighty, mighty miracles. Samson was one of them. But the mystery was kept hidden until after the cross experience. Christ would now indwell in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is where we're different than all the rest of the Old Testament people. Notice Paul said that it would be our hope of glory. Hope of glory. Our hope of being able to experience the same things, the power and the presence of God. That's our hope. That we'd be able to experience the power and presence of God. Folks, when God shows up, it's all over. The miracles happen. That's the way it was with Jesus. When he showed up, the miracles happened. That's what we need is the presence of the Father. Not just in once in a while, but continuously we need his presence. And we can have that. We can have it on a continuous basis. One of the greatest revelations God has ever given to you is the fact that Jesus Christ lives in you. And we pass that on. We don't understand it. We don't understand a part of it. But if you've asked Jesus Christ in your heart, he lives inside of you, folks. You've got to understand that. This is the, the thing that will make the miracles come alive to you. When this sinks inside of you, it will be the greatest revelation you've ever heard in your life. I'm going to expound on it in a minute. But the greatest gift that God gives you, that Jesus Christ lives in each of us. That's the greatest gift. He could have withheld Jesus from living in us, but he put Jesus in you, Bo. He put in you, Billy. This is the exciting thing. He didn't hold it back from us. He's not just, we don't have to wait till he, his presence comes. It's in inside of us continuously. We've got to get a hold of that this morning. So let's dig into the realm of thinking. If Jesus lives inside of you, inside of me, there's a power there. It's a key to miracles. Now, I want you to think with me just a moment. Satan has copied this system. He puts demons inside of people. Now, a demon cannot live in a Christian's uh, spirit. That's where Jesus lives. But he can live in, live in his soul, in his mind and, and body. See, that's where it, what gets... But we need to get a hold of this thing. We need to understand what God has given to us. Once we understand it, that there is a copy, then there's the real thing. 
Jesus is the real thing. But some people have such a low self-image of themselves that it's hard for them to believe that God really cares for them. They have such a low self-image that they don't believe that God even desires to do anything for them. Yet we all agree on one common thing, that God's going to take care of his son. Okay? If God will take care of his son, then he'll take care of you. Hmm? Because the son lives inside of you. Now you need to think on this. This is the revelation. This is the mystery. If his son lives inside of us, then God's going to take care of us because his son is living in, in us. It's a package deal. So you can't get one without the other. Now, think about the Lord's Prayer. I want, I want to hear it from another angle. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Now, what are we made of? Earth. Funerals, you go to a funeral, it says from earth he was created, back to earth he will go. You know, in Genesis 2, out of the dust of the earth, man was formed. Now let's think on this thing. Let's think on this prayer. Let's think deeply. This is a, a I hate to say it, this is not a milk sermon, folks. This is one you can sink your teeth in meat. And once you get a hold of this thing, it's going to carry you many, many miles. So, thy kingdom come on earth, thy will be done in me. Thy will be done in me. What's God's will? His kingdom coming into you. Kingdom living coming into you. Kingdom life coming into you is his will. Okay. Thy will be done in me as it is in heaven. What's going on in heaven? Good things, folks. It's not loss, sorrow, things like that. Good things are happening in heaven. And God's saying to you, thy kingdom come in you as it is in heaven. When this drops down in your spirit, you can shout, folks. Once you get a hold of this thing, I want you to start meditating on it and think on it. When you're driving, when you're washing dishes, when you're just by yourself, think on what God's doing for you today. He gave you a miracle. He's given you something that you can't comprehend. It took me a long time to get this thing put together, but it, it's almost just exploding inside of me. The Jesus in you is going to see miracles. Jesus doesn't change, folks. This is the thing. He's not a man of miracles 2,000 years ago and forget how to do them today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to work miracles in your life if you will get a hold of this fact that he lives inside of you. Jesus is the one who heals. I can lay hands on this thing and it's not going to do a thing. I can lay hands on Bo personally and it's not going to do a thing. But the Jesus inside of me is going to get you healed, Bo. Are you comprehending this thing? I can't cast a demon out of anything. But with Jesus inside of me can cast him out. Jesus in you is going to give you creative ideas. He is the creator. This is what we've got to understand. There's no reason for us to go through life and, and come to the end of the life and say, oh, man, I wish I'd thought about that. No. We should be on the cutting edge of inventions. We should be on the cutting edge of putting things together financially, spiritually, emotionally, in all ways. We should have the best marriages in the world, ladies. 
You ladies are created in God's image, and you can think through how to make a marriage very, very good. So good, that old boy's not even going to look around. See? There's ways to be created. That's why I thank God about Peggy Joyce. We used to not have enough funds to go out and eat. And so she'd say, honey, let's go to the park. And we'd have a good time at the park eating bologna sandwiches. I'm serious. It doesn't take money to be happy. It takes creative ideas, ladies. Be creative. Do things creative. Keep the spark in your marriage. Think of things, how you change things in your marriage. Men, don't balk at that thing either. You like it after you get there. <laughs> reason I know you men is because I balked at it, believe me. And, and I have to ask for public forgiveness because I was not the kind of husband who said, oh boy, let's eat out you know, at the park. Flies are out here. Honey, look at these ants. They're all over the thing. You know, can't eat those cookies. You know, have you ever thought about blowing them off? You can blow them off. <laughs> he's going to take care of Jesus, and he's going to take care of you because Jesus Christ is living in you. This is what I want us to understand this morning. Satan has a counterfeit to the plan, though. He has a system... And, that is in the demonic realm. And this is what I want you to understand. If he can place demons inside of people in their soul and body, then God can place Jesus Christ in us. And we can, if there's such a thing, thing as Satan getting a person possessed, you know, we hear people say, oh, he's just possessed of Satan. Then we can be possessed of Jesus. Think with me. We can have a double portion of Jesus. We can be wall to wall Jesus. What keeps us from it? Nothing. We can let Jesus reign big in us. Is there, is there some reason that we can't do this? Uh-uh. There's no reason that we can't be wall to wall Jesus if we get a hold of this thing. Now, we don't deserve a good life. Honestly, we don't. We don't desire, uh, deserve the joy, the peace, prosperity. We don't deserve that. But Jesus deserves it all. He paid the price. He walked the walk, folks. He did everything pleasing to the Father. We might feel like a loser in life. We might feel like a downer. But Jesus inside me is not a loser. That's what I want us to think this morning. Jesus is always a winner. We might feel stupid, ignorant. But we can have the mind of Christ. That's what's possible. The Bible says you can have the mind of Christ. What did Christ have? He had wisdom. He had discernment. He had abilities. He knew God. We can have the same thing. I love what Paige Joyce's song says. It's all in Jesus. It's all in him. I love that song. It's true. Literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things Jesus has done for us. And it's all in Jesus. Okay, now I want you to think with us. When we pray in the Spirit, is Jesus in us speaking to the Father? It's a little deeper than most of us think. That's why none of us understand what we're saying. Think on that. Most of the time we don't even know how to pray. We don't even know the problem. We don't understand the problem. And we certainly don't have a solution to the problem. But Jesus is the one who straightens things out. And he knows where we're coming from. 
He knows everything. And so it's a perfect prayer. Pray to the Father. By Jesus' Spirit within us. Okay, let's think again. When we pray according to the Word, according to the Scriptures, we're just repeating out loud what God has already said. God says, keep me in remembrance of my Word. First time I heard a guy praying, he quoted Scripture continuously, and I thought, oh, man, who's he trying to impress? I didn't realize that Scripture. The Bible says, keep me in remembrance of my Word. God doesn't need to hear it. We do. We need to know what the Word says. By his stripes we are healed. I can do all things through Christ is my strength. All that I lay my hands to, I'll prosper. God gives the rains in times of drought. Folks, we had a severe drought back in the spring. But God gave us rains. See, there's always seed time and harvest. See, there's always planting. There's always watering. It takes it. All that I lay my hands to, I'll prosper. See, okay. It's easy to have the God kind of faith when we realize the perfect faith is living inside of us. See, man, I don't feel anything about laying hands on that person, getting him healed. But Jesus in me says, I'm the healer. I'm the healer. You just lay hands on them. That's all that's required of me. That's all required of you. Just go lay hands on them. God does the rest. See? Jesus is the number one. He is the perfect one. And praise God, the perfect one lives inside of us. Are you beginning to catch on? Are you understanding what God has given to us? The most amazing gift in the entire world that we could ever have is the fact that Jesus lives in us. It freezes our mind. It freezes our thinking that we've got to do something. No. All we have to do is lay hands on them. All we have to do is speak his word. All we have to do is pray the prayer God gave us to pray. Just quote his word. And then it all works. God, it's Jesus in us. There's so much talk about the anointing, that we need anointing. Every time you turn on TBN and notice, they say, we need anointing. I want to give you a revelation. The anointed one lives inside of you. You already have it. Let the anointing work. Open the doors, and, 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 and there's a hurting world out there. And you don't have to come up and say, let me pray for you. Just put your hand on their back and say, Father, Father, I pray for those folks. You can do it at your home. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He might be going in the wrong direction. Ladies, your husband might not be hearing God, but Father, you said in your word, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Quote those words. Put them in a the form of prayer. Folks, I think we should be so much in talking, we'll get our prayer and talking all mixed up. I think we should be in attitude prayer all the time. We shouldn't have Bible 101 and then science 101 beside it. It should be science with 101 Bible in it. That's where our life should be. We shouldn't have to sit down and say, well, we're going to have prayer now. No. It should be a time of prayer just flowing. So Jesus lives in you. And you can have a double portion. You can be wall-to-wall Jesus if you let him. Why did Jesus say, I've got to go to the Father, though? Let's look at that. In John 16, 7. I want you to turn there. John 16, 7. But I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, folks. Underline that. To your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Not to someone else, to you. To you, get a hold of this thing. This is the meat of 
of everything. He's sending his helper to you to help you. What's a helper? He helps you. You don't have to be an Einstein to figure that out. His desire is to see you have kingdom living. Thy kingdom come on earth. Come on me. Come in me. Thy will be done. See? Now, there was one thing wrong when Jesus was here on this earth. He could only be at one place at one time. But when he went to heaven, then he sent his helper. He sent his will. He sent his spirit to us. And now we're millions and millions of Jesuses walking on this earth. You've got to think about it. Everyone agrees that God's everywhere. Okay, Jesus is everywhere too now. He said, I'm sending my spirit to live in you. This is deep, folks. Some of you all going to, you know, just conk out on this thing. But I want to tell you something. The few that will get a hold of this thing, it'll change your life. You will begin to see miracles in your life. He's saying, my Father's will is living inside of you. Jesus is God's will. And he's in you and me. Can you see the mindset that we need to have, that God wants us to have? Are you beginning to get a hold of it? If we'll just believe what God says, miracles will happen. God said it, I believe it. That's it. That's all is required of us. Just believe what God says. Faith is nothing weird. It is very, very simple. We just believe what God says. Very simple. Took me forever to figure that out. I used to think, oh man, I don't feel anything. And then some days I felt faith and it didn't work. Now, it really rattled me. I couldn't understand what went wrong. But finally, it dawned on me, and that's where we're seeing the miracles today, is fact, one day I finally decided, I'm just going to believe what the Word says. If the Word says all I lay my hands to will prosper, then that's true. And that'll work. That's not my figure. I don't have to figure out how that thing's going to work. All I have to do is believe it. And folks, it will work that way. Okay. Jesus has already bore our sickness and our diseases on his body. So God doesn't want the physical body of Jesus being physically sick. Now you track with me on this one. This is a little deeper than normal. He doesn't want us to suffer heart attacks. He doesn't want us to have cancer. He doesn't want us to have five allergies. Because it hinders Jesus from the doing the work of the Father here on this earth. You think with me. If you're not able to get out and get going and talk to people about Jesus... What's happening? He's not able to get the ministry going. See, it's God's will that we be in perfect health. Jesus took the pains on the cross. He took the stripes on his back that we may be healed. Some medical doctors said there's 39 separate diseases. He was, he was whipped 39 times. He striped for every disease known to mankind. If you categorize all diseases, they fall in 39 different categories. Happen chance? No. He paid the price on the cross. He was bruised for iniquities. He got us out of those curses, folks. We don't have to have the curses rolling through in our family like everyone else is having. We can be free from curses. They, some families are plagued with curses. The father is an alcoholic, son's alcoholic, and the son's son will be an alcoholic. But we don't have to go through that because we can say Jesus was bruised for iniquities. Those iniquities, those curses are broken off of us. We don't have to go through life, losers. You know, why don't you get a hold of this thing this morning? When we was on our vacation several weeks ago, 
I saw a tour bus, Bo, and I could vision, visualize. You know, I got a prophecy to dream dreams. Well, folks, <laughs> I know that we can get off track dreaming dreams, but it doesn't have to, to get off track. God gave me prophecies. He says, the dreams will come on you. Boy, I can dream big now. I'm serious. I, I don't know what's happening inside of me, but I want to tell you something. I can, I can stay at bus painted K99 on the side of it. Now I can see it taking people to Eureka Springs. I can see it doing all sorts of things. The only problem is I hadn't seen how we we're going to pay for $330,000 bus. Um, but that bus was the most elaborate bus I've ever seen in my entire life. It had beautiful scenic windows that you could go through the mountains and look out. It, it wasn't like the buses made here in the United States. You could see everything from that bus. I got inside of it. I, I sat and, and looked at it and I thought, wow. It had restrooms in it. It had everything you could see, the most plush seats you could ever imagine. But, you know, the bus driver said something to me. He said, you know, the most amazing thing about this bus is, though, what makes it run. It's a Cummings diesel engine in it. He said, I don't even have to sweat about the hills. He said, that thing, it has plenty of power to get me up the hills. And it's very economical. The Lord spoke to me and said, that bus is just like my children. Uh, what makes that bus go is a diesel Cummings engine. What makes you go is Jesus Christ living in you. Think with me on that. Get a hold of that. It's, that. it's Jesus living in us that gives us the ability to see people healed. Jesus is the power, folks, just like that diesel engine is to that bus. And because of that, you too can climb mountains. You too can say, mountain, be cast into the sea, and it has to go. Who's doing it? Jesus in you. Who is our God? Is it Jesus? We've got to be our own inspector. We've got to look at it. And I believe in God this morning. This thing will come alive to you. And it will change your life once you understand that Jesus Christ lives inside you. You're embarrassing him when you do ugly things. There's a price to pay. Jesus paid the price. Thank God. All you have to do this morning is say, Oh dear Jesus, I made a mistake. Forgive me. I want to get my life right with you, Jesus. Forgive me for being ugly to my wife. Forgive me being ugly to my friend, my neighbor, my children, or whatever. Children, it works the same way with you. You can't be ugly to your folks and have Jesus Christ happy with you, inside of you. It doesn't work. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 6. Back in the Old Testament, we see where they'd build a tent and Jesus would go live in there, or, or God would. He'd dwell in a tent. And that's what he's talking about here. And then he built, they built a temple. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said. Now, I want you to catch this. We are the temple of the living God. Folks, he's not talking about someone else. He's talking about you and I. He says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. See, now, walking among them was like in the Old Testament when they come, the power of God, the presence of God came upon an Old Testament prophet. He walked among them. But today we have something, I will dwell in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. In other words, he doesn't want us being in sin. And do not touch what is unclean. That's sin. Don't touch, don't touch sin. And I'll be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Man alive. You do it. And he says, look what it's going to get you. 
Folks, it's worth the price. One miracle in life is really all you need. One major miracle. Life can get so good. It's, you're not even tempted with sinning. When the, Moses had a tent and he built a tent, and you know the progression, and later they built a temple and, and God dwelt in the Holy of Holies. But then when Jesus died on the cross, you remember the veil was ripped from top to bottom? You remember that? And then it revealed to us that we could have direct access to God. We didn't have to go through the high priest of that year. We have personally, each one of us can go directly to the Father. But then he says, he made us temples of the Holy Spirit. The thing was, when Jesus went to the Father, then he sent the helper, to, the Spirit of Jesus, to live inside of us. That's the exciting part. He wants to live in you and me. Now, think about it. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you're taking Jesus with you. Now, that's awesome when you really think about it because he's on the inside of you. Now, this is where the miracles will happen. It's not just an idea or concept that I've had. Verse after verse, all the way through the Bible, you can prove this out, that the Spirit of God in Christ dwells in you. But the enemy tries to keep it hidden from us, folks. It has been on back burner all these years for us as Christians, practically. Most Christians don't have a glimpse of it. He's made it of no importance to us. But it's the greatest importance that we can come up with. You know, when I was a kid, you know how boys would talk? You know, about 18-year-old boys, they're always telling stories. There's one boy, I'll never forget him. This kid would tell us stories that we couldn't prove. He'd say, you know, my mother and dad went to Washington, and while I was there, I shook hands with President Eisenhower or whoever, you know. And then he'd say, my mother and dad have million do millions of dollars, or they have a boat at the lake. And we'd say, oh, man, let us go in the boat. No, they won't let anybody ride in the boat. We just little kids. We didn't say you're a liar. We just, ah. Oh. Now, I remember, look, you know, I remember doing that all the time. Oh, that ain't right. You know. And then he'd tell me another whopper. And I'd say, oh, that ain't right. You know. Why don't you start doing something? When the devil tells you that Jesus Christ doesn't live in you, I want you to say, ah, oh, that ain't right. <laughs> Think on that. I'm serious. We've got to get a hold of this thing. When Jesus tells you that all oh, they let you lay your hands to your prosper, and the devil comes up to you and says, man, you're fixing to lose everything. Tell him, oh, that ain't right. He wants you to be sick. Oh, that ain't right. See? When Satan tells you you're not going to have a miracle, just say, that's not right. Jesus is the same yesterday, day, and forever, folks. He lives in me, and he's still doing miracles. He's still walking on the water. Now, I want to tell you something, a secret to walking on water. Don't try walking on water for the first thing. Start casting out demons. Start laying hands on the sick. Start praying for the sick. Start doing the ministry. And then if the time comes that you need to get somewhere to go minister, you can walk on water. See? But look at your heart and say, why do I need to walk on water? To let everybody know how spiritual I am. Praise God, I can walk on water. See? Mm -mm. It's wrong. There's nothing wrong being able to walk on water. It's the reason that we're wanting to. We need to be so in tune with Jesus that we don't care about how we look. And folks, that's hard. That's not that easy. 
But you said even greater things you'll be able to do because I go to the Father. Folks, he did some powerful things. And we need to start doing things on this earth before we get up there. Because we get rewards when we get up there. It's all over down here when we leave here. There's no more. But when we get up there, there's rewards for laying hands on the sick. There's rewards for doing the will of the Father. We need to be laying up rewards in heaven. Now. Start it today. Don't wait. You might be the only one in your family holding that family together. But you ladies, you start confessing. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See? I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. I have a calm, quiet spirit. You might be shaking like crazy, but you can say, I have a calm, quiet spirit. I want to tell you something. I prayed that over to Paige Joyce for about five years, and she has a calm, quiet spirit. We have things happen to us that she'd gone off the walls. You know, and she has a calm, quiet spirit. Man, it works. Don't get mad at your wife. Just, just start praying, confessing. I'm not putting Paige Joyce down. I'm telling you, she prayed for me about three or four weeks ago. I was so sick. It's Saturday night. And the devil's hit me. It's probably as sick as I've ever been. And she prayed for me. In 30 minutes, I was so well, I thought, I wonder what that was all about. See? But I had to preach Sunday morning. It's too late to say, hey, Tom, Tom, you know, can you do a sermon? No. You know, I had to be well. And God has given us the ability to work with one another. You know, one can be taken down two Two can'ts. You remember the scriptures? Three strand cords is hard to break. Jesus in you. That's three of you. See? Think about it. Okay. Jesus saw God as his source, folks. Not man and material things. And he saw obedience as a channel through which God's blessings would flow. He was continually saying, I have come to do my Father's wishes. And because that obedience to his Father's will, there was never a need left unmet. And same with us today. We can have it. If we're obedient to God's word, there will never be a need left unmet. This is what I want us to get a hold of. It may, may not us met on our time schedule, but it will be met. God will come through if you don't give up. If you never quit, you never lose. It worked for Jesus, and he walked on earth, and he's still walking today in us on the earth. So let's play it, apply it right where we're living. I want to carry another thought. So, so we can get a hold of this. When I was a young man, there was a movie come out, and this guy met a friend, and they come with the best of friends. And somehow, and I don't remember how that happened in the movie, but the, the friend turned invisible. And so they would go places, and they would talk to one another in these places. Now, everybody else couldn't see this friend, but this guy could see this friend most of the time. And so it, it, people would think that he was talking to himself, but he was talking over everything that he did. And it became a comedy. You know, you, you can imagine what it was like. But the point is... That's the way Jesus is inside of us. We should be talking all over with Jesus. We should be asking Jesus, what do I need to do today? What do I need, how do I need to lay out my schedule? How do I need to get things done in my home? How do I need to do things at work? See? Because he knows the future, folks. He knows when it's going to rain. He knows when the storm is going to come in. He knows when things are going to happen. And so history is all we can look at. We can't look at the future. We can only project the future from history. But there's things that happen every thousand years that don't happen every hundred years. And so it messes us all up when we project. Jesus is already there. So you talk it over Jesus. You pray with Jesus. The world may not see Jesus. But he's still inside of us. And this is what we've got to understand. 
if we'd ever could be convinced of the fact that Jesus isn't living in us, it would change us drastically. All the time. Probably God's greatest mystery plan, and I really think it is, is the fact that Jesus Christ lives in each of us, our hope of our glory. Now, I'm going to carry you a little farther. I've been telling you real recently, pray this prayer, Father, glorify me that I may glorify you. Because that is what Jesus prayed in John 17. He prayed it. Well, how's, I want you to see how this secret of how God glorifies us. I want you to think on it. I want you to turn to John 17, 1. And we're going to see something I think will wrap it all up for you today. Most of the people, most every one of us know this is Christ's prayer. And this last thing he prayed right before he went to heaven. Now I want you to look at something while we're looking. At lifting up his eyes to heaven, he prayed. Folks, bowing your head is reverence. But God is not beneath you. He is above you. The devil's beneath us. The last enemy put on our feet is, is Satan, death. So I want you to look up and think about when you're praying. Most time we, we close our head or close our eyes and bow our head. There's nothing wrong with doing it. I just say lift up. It says lifting up his eyes to heaven. Okay, these things Jesus spoke and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that the son may glorify thee. What's the purpose of him being glorified? So he can glorify Jesus. Now I want you to turn to verse 22. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given to them. Who's them? Us. Underline it. That they may be one just as we are one. Now, you get the package deal. You get the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all one. Hmm? A little deeper than most of us have thought. Verse 26. And I have made thy name known to them. Jesus said that. I made thy name God, you know, they know you now. And will make it known. That's us. And it's our time in history, that the love wherewith thou didst love me may be in them and I in them. I in them is a key, folks. This is how God glorifies us. He has sent Jesus to live in us. That's why in Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in us is our hope and of glory. Are you beginning to see? In our new covenant, God has given us a unique relationship that we have with the Father. I in him and he in me. This way you'll learn to see a miracle every day. Because once you get a hold of this thing where Jesus is literally living in you, that he, he knows you, you know him, he understands you, you understand him. I want you to realize that God, his, his ability is, is having miracles. That's his talents. And he wants to do it through you. He wants kingdom living come in you. It's your choice. I want us to take the Lord's Supper this morning. I hadn't forgotten. I'm running and looked at watch, but I know it's time. But I want you to get a hold of this thing this morning. These are sacraments of Jesus that he left. He said, I'll leave my body for you. Okay, the point is, when you take the bread and drink the wine, you're taking of his body. You're taking of his blood. There's life in the blood. There's all sorts of things that you're doing and that's why most people don't when they take the Lord's Supper they don't understand it and the Bible says some have even died they, they didn't know the power in the Lord's Supper but the point is this morning that's a whole new subject or another subject and, but I want you to take it and I want you to take as that bread goes into every cell of your body I want you to say I'm wall to wall Jesus 
I'm drinking of the blood of Jesus. I'm wall-to-wall forgiveness. Jesus, forgive me of every sin I've ever committed, every thought that I've ever had. Because that wine goes in every cell of your mind. It goes in every cell of your body, and it forgives you totally. You don't have to have cancer. You don't have to have heart trouble. You don't have to have allergies or anything else. Jesus paid the price. I want us to take the Lord's Supper this morning, and I want us to understand the power in, the, in, the, in receiving of it. I want to tell you something. You're going to see miracles happening this morning. You're going to see healing because you've taken the Lord's Supper. You're going to see a renewing of a walk with the Lord because you've taken the Lord's Supper. It's not something I want you to take lightly. I want you to really think it through. And as the men pass out the sacraments, I want us to be in prayer. Father, we thank you that as they pass out the sacraments, Father, it'll not just be another Lord's Supper day, but it'll be a day that will set us free, Father, that we'll get a hold of the miracle that you have given us, that you have given us the ability to have the mind of Christ, that you have given us the creative power of being able to have the mind and have the abilities and have the anointing, have the love, have the compassion, have the faith, that Jesus Christ is everything in us. And so, Father, I thank you that this day we're not going to be taking it lightly. We're going to understand that we're not on milk alone. We're moving into meat, and we're putting meat between our teeth that we can understand, understand miracles that you have for us, Father, that you have good and perfect life laid up for us because, Father, there's a good life in heaven going on right now, and we need it right here on this earth. And so we're praying um, thy kingdom come on earth and come in me as it is in heaven. And so, Father, we think it's being done in the name of Jesus.